So it's been a fuck you kind of a week. <laughs> the, oh. the week has decided to fuck me. So it's just been crazy. I hope you guys are having a better week. <laughs> I'm just sitting here drinking my tea, ma'am. <laughs> I am tired. It's, it's literally hump day. It's Wednesday. <laughs> so we're here on this hump day. Sarah's drinking the tea, but we're about to bring you the tea. <laughs> Welcome to the weekly show about art, politics, and pop culture from a phenomenally female perspective. I'm Sarah. I'm Shantae. I'm Eliane, and this is Unapologetically She. Here we are for another episode of the amazing Unapologetically She. We're glad that you could be here with us. We were not here last week because we had to make sure we, you know, got some dick (laughs) for Valentine's Day. (laughs) So, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed yourselves as well. But Exception of moi. Didn't get any. You know what? And for those and and for those that prefer pussy, we hope you. Got oh some yeah, pussy. we hope you got some pussy. That's for sure. We we hope you just got what you've been what you've been wanting. Yes, yes. <laughs> and and we're back. We're back this week. Um, yeah. It's 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 been a week. How's everybody's week doing? <laughs> <sighs> well, um. <clears throat> I'll put it this way. My dinner tonight was some of my birthday cake. Oh, it was that kind of a day where I needed cake for dinner. Yeah. Oh, my, 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 my. Yeah. It's been a week. Anniversary, birthday. And then Dina is on winter recess this week. Oh, that's right. I forgot that the East Coast, you y'all get... Oh my God, did you hear me just say y'all as if I'm not part of the East Coast anymore? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, the kids slipped right out. That's why it's, it's been so quiet. Like I normally hear the kids around the corner from my house because there's, there's the school around the corner from my, around my house. And I'm just like, oh, I don't hear them. That's why I don't see them out. That's why. And some of them parents are like, I don't want to stay home with my kid. I'm just like, and some of you parents need to stay home with your fucking kids because first of all, y'all need to interact with your kids. Sarah, you are a good mother, but I seen mothers younger than you and older than you just like, how did you get pregnant mm. again? Like, <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> Kids running the muck oh, and shit. Damn. That is funny. Well, to all you East Coast peeps that are on your what they call midwinter recess right now, mm-hmm. enjoy, enjoy, children. I am not on midwinter recess. <laughs> I know you kind of get miss that shit in a way. I, know I do. I yeah. do. Uh-huh. But you know, we still have the same amount of school days. It's just we got two <laughs> weeks off for Christmas instead of one. Uh, so Elian's in California now, bitch. We don't do winters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what this 
so-called midwinter recess thing is ain't no winter over here there's no, okay? there's no winter in sacramento <laughs> oh my gosh so yes we are here for another episode we're gonna go ahead and get started um i've got a burning question for you all okay but before i get to the burning question uh listeners if you want to pause right here and go pour a drink the drink of the week this week it's all about the bubbly so get some prosecco or if you're real fancy bitch champagne okay that's what we are sipping on today keeping it so simple pause. after our Keep yeah. it as simple after I ran everybody through the ringer with all the yes, you know, drinks. We just need to pour a glass and sip. <laughs> so this week, go ahead and get your bubbly out, get your champagne flutes, because you know those are like such pretty glasses. There it is. There it is. Shantae got her Shantae got her champagne flute. Say that yeah, three I times real fast. Have my barefoot um you know, what is it? My Moscato that I Ooh. bought last week yeah and I, I always have nice fancy wine glasses that's why I'm needing people to buy me no wine glasses like my mother bought me this when I first came here yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I love a fancy glass it's my favorite makes me feel all cute drinking it so get your drinks out and get ready to chat with us today and so ladies something I've always wondered about <laughs> Not really. What is your favorite sleeping position? Because I feel like the way somebody sleeps says a lot about them. <laughs> so what's your favorite sleep position? I like you? to sleep on my side. I, I like to sleep on like the right, like the right side. Sometimes I, I'm a wild sleeper. So I sleep on the right side. I sleep on, on sometimes my left. Sometimes I sleep straight, which is rare. Sometimes I like to grab my pillows. Now that I got more pillows on my bed, I like to grab the pillows on my bed. And, you know, when I'm really tired, because I've been really tired lately, I didn't know I snore. Because, yeah. And I think it's probably embarrassing, too, because um, my ex told me, he's like, yo, you snore. I'm tired, motherfucker. I work. Like, and that's when I was running the after school program. And on top of running after school program, I was working in the morning. So you know that shit fucking has your ass wired and tired. Because even when I work from home, I be mad fucking tired because I be answering people's emails because I deal with pe- I deal with almost 10,000 documents like for 300 people that work part-time. You know, so like, and then think about it. In New York, you know, you got to go through a SAC license. You got to go through the DOE. So you know that shit is, a- I be tired. So I, I sleep my right side or my left side. I like to hug my pillows, too, because I, I love, and I have a full-size bed, so I hug my pillows a lot. Yeah. Mm. Do that shit a lot. Now I can picture you cuddled up with your long pillow. <laughs> I'm going to get me a, a, a big, long pillow, because I got, like, about six pillows on my bed. <laughs> Sarah, how do you like to sleep? On my stomach. Oh, serial killer status. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I sleep on my stomach, arms up under my pillow, under my head with one leg kicked out. I love that. How does your husband feel about that? Yeah, yeah. He sleeps in a separate bedroom because he snores. 
Oh, the snorer. He might have to get a CPAP machine. He does. <laughs> he has one and he doesn't freaking use it. <gasps> no, he needs to. It makes so such a big difference. Worth it. I mean, I don't snore as bad, but when I'm really, really tired, I, I, it's a little snore, but it's not like I have drool over my face and everything. I don't work up with drool. I wake up with coal in my eye, but not drool. <laughs> yeah. He wakes up with drool? No, no. But if we sleep in the same bed... Like I've gotten really, really picky about my sleep after having a baby and having Dina. Mm. And so I don't sleep as heavy as I used to where like it didn't used to bother me. So but now, now anything will wake you anything up. Anything wakes yeah. me up now. So as soon as he starts sleeping, I end up kicking him. <laughs> and then I wake him up and then he gets mad and then he falls back asleep. I'm half asleep. He starts snoring. So I kick him again. It's just, it's just safer for everybody involved. If we sleep in separate bedrooms. That sounds like my grandparents, okay. my mom's grandparents. Right. Well, that's because my grandfather was cheating. That's why. Oh, oh damn. No, nah, it ain't like that. No, this like is, that. this is just for my sanity. And let's, I know, you know I, I know it's for your sanity, but for like, my grandparents. Let's like normalize the fact that some couples just like having their own fucking space and you don't oh, have yeah. to sleep in the same bed. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what Speaking about you, Eliana? from somebody coming straight from the lady layer. <laughs> so yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm all about the personal space sometimes. Um, I, I think I'm a pretty annoying sleeper. I like to be on my side but I have to switch sides every so often because I'll start to cramp up. So like I yeah. move a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same here. And I sleep with my, with my hands, like under my, under the side of my head, like. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the perfect people. little angel space. that I am. <laughs> we love, we love space in our bed. Like we were like, why well, you sure? Why you have like one time my, I, my ex, no lie. He like, I took all the cover. He was pissed with me. <laughs> I was just like, I like my sleep. The my my mom is so funny. My mom, when I was I was younger, my mom worked in a bar. So she'd get home at like two, three o'clock in the morning. And um she came home and we were sleeping. We we shared a bed because we were staying with one of her friends. We were it was one of the times where we were unhoused. Um, but we were staying with one of her friends, so we shared a bed. And she came home after work and I was dead asleep you know, I'm like eight, nine years old around Dina's age. She comes home in the middle of the night and I've got all the pillows. And so she tried taking one of the pillows from me so she could sleep. And I started punching her in the head in my sleep. Oh, well, damn. Don't my take pillows from Sarah. No, <laughs> no. My mom was sitting there getting ready to like wail into me, like knock the crap out of me. Cause of course, you know, I'm punching her. And then she realized I was still asleep. She's like, okay, oh, I can't do my that. Gosh. I fought my mom for those pillows. <laughs> and on that note, respect people's sleeping habits and they will come for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, what a great start to the show. <laughs> I'm going to let Sarah take over because she's going to take us into our next segment. I am, just I am. Sure in March, <laughs> if I go visit you in the hotel room, I ain't going to try to take no pillows. <laughs> Girl, if you come visit me in the hotel room the night before your wedding, no. <laughs> There's other things you would do. Or the night after. Or the, or night, the after night after. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So next segment, um, we're going into our shot and chaser. And for those who are just tuning in, welcome. Finally, 
three seasons in. Uh, this is the segment where we each have a separate topic. We don't know what anybody is going to talk about. Um, and so we take a couple of minutes, talk about the issue, and then our chaser is everybody's cold reaction to that topic. So um, we were going to start off with Shantae, but she just got up and walked away. I'm here. She's back. She's, she's back. back. Okay. <laughs> I have to get my wine. So oh, any important things. So <laughs> our first thing, exactly the important things. So Shantae is going to lead us off with her topic for Shot and Chaser. So I was thinking of a topic, right? Because I'm just like, okay, I'm a little off balance because I know we didn't film last week. You know, it was Valentine's Day. Of course, your girl did not have a Valentine's. One motherfucker said, I don't do um Hallmark holidays. So I was like, fuck you, motherfucker. Like, right? Like, my mom said, didn't I tell you to get away from that? But anyhow, that's another story for another time. So I was watching the Sunday show. One of my one of the Sunday shows in the morning. And I saw a particular radio show host from my city, you know, was interviewed by one of the hosts from the Sunday show. Went into their little raggedy studio downtown near, I think, the lower Manhattan side and was talking to him about his, you know, the black vote and his influence on politics. This motherfucker had the audacity to say he is the voice for America and for black people. Excuse me, moi. If you know who I'm talking about, his name is Leonard Larry McKelvey. Leonard Larry McKelvey, a.k.a. Charlemagne the God from Monk Corner, uh, Monk's Corner, South Carolina, which is in the Orangeburg County of South Carolina. Not too far from where my mother grew up, right? So, um... He's a voice for America, and he said, "This election is between is the cowards versus the crook and the couch. If I had to bet on it, the couch, aka voter apathy, will win." And then, on top of all of that, he was saying, "You know, Trump is more youthful than President Biden," and yeah, and he said the Democrats don't really go hard enough; they don't do as much. And, you know, they should start doing stuff. And they said, what did you think about, the, you know, the vice president? Did she meet your expectations? No, she didn't meet my expectations. She should go out there and she should go to Fox News and interview with all of these, um, all of these people at Fox News. So my thing is like, how the, and, and no, and then on top of that, he was like, Democrats always demonize Republicans such as John McCain and Mitt Romney. So he said a whole cluster fuck of what the fuck and that he doesn't know anything. This interview proved once again, Leonard Larry McKelvey don't know politics because you're 40, almost 46 years old. You telling me that you only paid attention to the 2008 and 2012 election of President Obama, you, you're you old enough, you was old enough to vote in the 1996 election. What happened to that election, sir? You were 18 then, right? What, what happened? You didn't vote for the Bill Clinton's um, second term election because you were old enough then? You didn't vote for Al Gore? You didn't vote for John Kerry? You, you, you just skipped so many years for President Obama? That's what you're telling me? And you don't know how the three branches of government work? 
Like most of the Democrats in your home state of South Carolina have mostly been Republican for a very long time. There's only like one Democrat congressman because they gerrymandered the fucking maps. The same chick that you interviewed a couple weeks ago was the same chick that did the gerrymandering down south in South Carolina. So that's what the fuck you're telling me? So you're telling me your sway and politics matters? Just because you have a fucking um, politician that come on your show since 2016 means that you ha- you're the voice of America, the voice of black people, because you got callers calling in? That ain't even a whole bunch of black people, man. Like, real black people in the city? And Elian, you you from the downstate. You, you from here. Nobody black, really Hispanic, really listens to Charlemagne when it comes to their politics. It just comes to anything because he gossiped too much like a goddamn woman. You know, I, I, I mean, like, this man is being taken seriously. And then Joy Reid had the audacity to have him on the show on top of that, even though she lost the mark for me. Like, Joy anybody Reed that has word. And if you have this motherfucker on your show saying he's a voice for America and voice for black people, apparently y'all don't know no motherfucking black people because real black people will not go to that man. They will go to Roland Martin. They will go to Joe Madison. God bless the dead. They will go to Tom Joyner. They will go to Ricky Smiley before they go to this motherfucker named Leonard Larry McKelvey. I'm sick of this shit. I'm sick of this shit. I am sick of these motherfuckers having this man to speak for black people. This man don't speak for black people. He don't even like black women. His wife is not really black. So there you have it. Yeah, I'm sick of it. It's... (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why some people choose to be useful idiots. You know what I mean? For the Republicans. I don't know if this is their their goal <laughs> is to help Republicans out, but that's what he's doing with that type of talk. And he got so, he got Fox News talking about him. It's ridiculous. I'm I'm really sick and tired of Charlemagne, like I'm tired of him. I'm already bored of saying his name. Like, leave us alone. Leave us alone. Leave us alone. Stop. Useful idiots. Useful to the Republicans because they're not helping Democrats and they claim to give a fuck about the country. Well, you're encouraging people not to vote for Democrats. It's fucking ridiculous. Pay pay attention because you should have paid attention to the policy. Mm. I'm I'm done talking. That shit got me tight. What you got, Elian? Well, moving away a little bit from politics this week. I actually was sticking to politics the first few weeks back, but today I'm going back to my pop culture roots. And I am excited because, you know, this is still Black History Month. So I want to show some accolades to a, I think, a legendary person. Um, (laughs) Shantae might not agree with me, but we can agree on one thing, is that she does historic things, right? So she breaks records, she does her thing. So this week, Beyonce made history once again and has become the first Black woman to ever have a number one song on the country 
charts. And to that, I say, be mad, white people, because you're not gatekeeping anything any fucking more, okay? She's going to come up in there and reclaim a genre that was started by Black people in the first fucking place. Hello, okay? And she is reclaiming that shit as their own. I am... I'm just, I love her. She can't do any wrong in my eyes. <laughs> I love Beyonce. She is fucking clever. She is talented. She knows what the fuck she's doing, man. She And I love it. So her newest song, Texas Hold'em, debuted. And not just like reached number one, but debuted at number one in the country charts and funny enough the only woman period to have ever done that before was taylor swift <laughs> so beyonce <laughs> said hold on here hold my beer girl <laughs> let me take that right from you hold so, my crystal girl yeah so here here beyonce you've got the whole entire fucking world doing line dances okay <laughs> and now you are breaking records in the country charts and I fucking love that for you. So I want to celebrate this phenomenally talented woman, unapologetically she. <laughs> she is she. She is she. So just want to say, here, here. I love it. I'm ready to take out my cowboy hat and my boots, okay? <laughs> I'm going to be like, ride them, cowboy. I think she also on Apple iTunes, her, um, the two singles that she released from act two were one and two on the Heck Apple yeah. country charts. It was, uh, I think 16 carriages was number mm -hmm. one. And then Texas Hold'em came in number two. I love it. I freaking love it. And you know, it's, it's, there's rumors out there because her next, sorry, I should say starting with this past album was act one this mm -hmm. is going to be act two and there is supposed to be an act three yes and so the rumor is that she's been dropping albums based on her reclaiming types genres of music that were originally created by black people and so if she started off with like dance and disco right mm -hmm. she's at country now is the next rock because I would fucking lose my mind. <laughs> that's 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 what people are like. That's what people are thinking. And she recorded all of this during COVID shutdown. Fucking love it. And I just love how calmly she's like, I'm going to just go to the Super Bowl and sit in the stands and watch my little game and like just sit there and be cute while I drop music, break the fucking internet, everything's unfolding. And she's just like, mm -hmm. And she, and, she announces, and she announces it in a freaking Super Bowl commercial. I love it. <laughs> Touche. I love it. Like, thumbs up, chef's kiss, all the accolades, all the puns I could make. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm glad to see her doing her thing. I'm excited for it. Mm -hmm. 329 cannot come soon enough because yes. I have to hear this album. And she's going on tour again, so I need to start saving money for those tickets. Yup. She's going to be doing a tour for every single act. You know? oh, she best her. Oh, I'm going to go broke. Shantae's just sipping away. Listen, like her music or not, she be killing it in these streets. So good for her as a black woman. 
taking back what was taken from you all. So for real. I I Shantae's got nothing to say, I guess. <laughs> Girl, they gonna come for you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> all right. Well then I guess I'm gonna go ahead and move into my topic. <laughs> After I take a sip of my tea, it's still hot. Hot, piping hot tea? It is piping hot tea. It's actually, it's um, Jeju honey pear tea from the island, Jeju Island in Korea. <sighs> it's good. So <clears throat> this last week during Black History Month of all fucking months for them to do this, um, Donald Trump's defense team in Georgia decided to uh, have Fonnie Willis come in and testify about more personal shit than any prosecutor has ever had to divulge about their personal life in a fucking courtroom. The blatant racism, the misogynoir with the defense team and attacking her uh, because of her relationship that she had with the special prosecutor, Nathan Wade, which they are no longer in a relationship. They broke up last summer. Um, basic rundown, they started a relationship after he started working as the special prosecutor. The former governor of Georgia came in and testified that Fonnie Willis had actually asked him first to be the special prosecutor. And he declined saying, I don't want to have to have security for the rest of my life. So he turned it down before it was offered to Wade. Um, so they start a relationship afterwards and everybody knows that part. They break up because she's independent. She likes paying her own way. And apparently there was tension between them because of that, they broke up. So they take her to court and they proceed to drag out of her how much money she keeps on hand, how much cash she keeps in her house, wanting to know these details of their personal relationship, her financial status, the trips, exactly how she paid him back for trips. They wanted to dive into every single fucking facet of her life. And I want to know in what other court case has a prosecutor been brought in to testify about their own, about their personal life to this level, to how much cash they have on hand. That's a security issue now, people hearing this, because it's televised, and now they know that she's got cash on hand. So that's putting her at risk. She's already not living at home because she was getting threats, okay? And then on top of it all, you've got these fucking legal pundits on TV talking about how stupid she is for starting up a relationship with Wade. And I'm sitting there thinking, and, and then in the same breath, they admit that this happens all the time in legal circles, on legal teams, that relationships develop. It's a normal thing because you're working with people all the time. Yeah, I was going to say in almost any workplace, sorry. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, but they, they say how stupid she is for doing it. And then in the same breath, talk about how common it is. So it's like, so which is it? Because it sounds to me, haha, like you've got a problem with the fucking black, pro black woman prosecutor doing it. You wouldn't have a fucking problem with it if it was a white man prosecutor doing it. 
for sure. And they they ran her through the ringer. I mean, they're going back so far as to a, uh, like to look into her dates from like freaking Napa Valley when they went on a wine tour, talking to like whoever the person was where they were, confirming that she paid four hundred dollars in cash for her part of the wine tasting. Like they are seriously going that hard at it. It's bullshit. It's 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 racist. It's misogynistic, and it's complete bullshit. It was really fucking hard to watch, even though she handled them. Like, she oh, handed yeah. them their asses, right? I mean, she fucking raked coals with them, mm-hmm. okay? Right? Sorry, raked them over the coals. But it was still really uncomfortable to have to see her answer those types of questions. And then they brought her dad on the stand to fucking interrogate him. Yeah. That was yeah. disgusting, a disgusting display. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and her dad is an acclaimed lawyer any on top of that. And and apparently he's also a fucking Black Panther. Right. And to so bring him up on the You stand, know what they were doing. Exactly. Exactly. And he wasn't he wasn't like he wasn't he was making no qualms about it either he's like no he's like i'm not I, and he literally said i don't mean this to sound racist your honor but it's a black thing and it's like do you know how many black people don't trust baking institutions because of the racism it's it was disgusting it was disgusting to watch them do that to her and her dad Shante, what's going on over there? Why She's so, so quiet? quiet. Why is she so what's quiet? What's happening? I'm just sitting here and agreeing with y'all. I was drinking my wine. I'm just listening. No, we are here to hear you. <laughs> the listeners want to know exactly. what is on that brain. I mean, listen, I know if they follow you on Twitter, they already know what you were thinking about the whole Sonny Willis thing. I, I, I watched I watched Girl. some of it. It was just, it was pointless to bring her dad there, like, mm-hmm. you know, and to find out, like, their relationship is not criminal, like, it, it's no, it's just stupid. It, it, it was to embarrass her. That's what yeah. they really were trying to do, was embarrass her and that's fucking disgusting because they wouldn't, like you said, do that to a white man. Yeah. I mean, there was no legal violation. There was no, no ethical violation. It was nothing. It's terrible. Terrible. But good for her. She she more than handled herself. Fucking verbally bitch slapped them. <laughs> yes. Yes. No. Yes. On that note, we do have our nominees for bitch ass and badass of the week. If you guys are not um, equipped, just to give you just a summary, uh, bitch ass is basically who just been a thorn in our side, and badass who just been a star of the week. So I'm going to start off with my nominee. It's I don't say his stage name. I say Leonard Larry McKelvey because that's his that's his name. That that's his name that's that's his name like Charlemagne is like who what like your name is Leonard Larry McKelvey and you're from on this corner South Carolina you're not a thug you're from the country and I and I have him because he's a he's an ass so (laughs) alien who is your person and why (laughs) oh my god so 
My nominee for Bitch Ass of the Week this week is Killer Mike. I don't know if you guys had the misfortune of watching the video that's been making the rounds. He was in a classroom talking to a group of little kids. Um, they must have been, I don't know, maybe fourth grade, third, fourth grade. They were little kids. And he was asking them, you know, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Yada, yada, yada. And this one little black boy tells him that he wants to be the president. And Killer Mike tells him, you're not going to be president. But meanwhile, this little white boy was telling him how he wants to be a scientist so he can make a potion to turn his family into superheroes. He was like, yeah, cool. Like, no. And then he would say, what you owe your parents is to be realistic. And you should just go to trade school. You're not going to be president. Which... I thought was such fucking mm. such fuck shit. It enraged me. Like as a teacher, as a human, I was so fucking pissed watching that. Mm. So a big hearty fuck you, Killer Mike. Fuck you, because you know how much that's gonna stay in that little boy's mind. What you fucking said, you fucking embarrassed him. Mm. How fucking dare you? Shit move. That's a bitch ass move, right mm -hmm. there. Come on. My, nom you, my nominee is the Trump defense team in Georgia for their bullshit they're trying to pull on Fonnie Willis. Indeed. Makes sense. So our bitch-ass nominees to run them down is Lenard Larry McAlvey, a.k.a. Charlemagne the God, Michael Santiago Render, a.k.a. Killer Mike, and Trump's defense team. Now in terms of badass, of course, it's the one and only one of my childhood favorite performers, Mr. Usher Raymond IV, who also got married this year, I think for like the third time. Did he? Shut up, I didn't even know that. Yeah, he got married for the, like the third time. Oh. And I found out he does have a fourth kid because I know it was three, <laughs> I didn't know it was four. Yeah. The kids are cute. I mean. Have we, <laughs> have we, have we all taken our pregnancy tests after that Super Bowl <laughs> halftime show? Listen, he I think it's too pregnant. soon to tell. <laughs> I know what he was doing, and still he looks great to this day. I'm so happy for him. He I'm wasn't. He wasn't out of breath, though. There we go, and I'm. I'm very. I'm very proud of him because I. I. I say this as a candidate. I do miss R and B music, mm. and he reminds me of the R and B I once loved. And his album came out during Super yeah. Bowl week, which no one never talked about which is crazy uh, that is kind of crazy though i feel like somebody on his team fucked up that opportunity though mm -hmm. because like you had all this great publicity from the super bowl like where were the commercials like what where was the announce you know what i mean like yeah that that was fucked up that maybe was fucked he, up maybe he didn't want to overshadow beyonce's announcement i, I don't i don't even I think don't that it was that no, deep his, i don't his, think no, so no album was announced the moment that he was announced being in the Super Bowl like it was oh, the pre order was there okay, okay. so okay. his so his publicist wasn't doing their that's job. what I'm saying somebody on his yeah. team fucked up because like you should have had more like he had so much hype leading up to the Super and it was such a great performance I'm sorry I'm like totally sidetracking but like this man was full-on dancing fucking roller skating with a live mic okay no lip saying. That's at the, the fuck age I'm of forty-five. About. That's at the what age I'm talking of forty-five, about. and he's a kind of R&B I miss because when I say I don't like R&B today, I really, really hate it. 
because I just feel like no one knows how to sing. All of them are boring performers. They don't move me. And there's Usher. It's like Usher and Mary J are my childhood. Like, that's my childhood. And I'm just like, I'm glad my childhood still have not retired. So that's a good thing. So Usher is there. Eliane, who was your nominee? Because I was going to pick that one, too. Because yes. they're, they're director of communications. Do follow me. Listen, Letitia James, okay? Attorney General Letitia James is a bad ass, like all the all the fucking time, right? 24-7. But this past week, she was especially a badass because on the heels of her getting that um judgment for like Trump has to pay 350 some million dollars back. 450 with the interest with the interest yep mama that's what you fucking get you bitch ass motherfucker um (laughs) but she was like listen if he can't pay i'm gonna start going for his property and i'm like you know what miss james chef's kiss so shout out to her i want her to get her glory this week because she is just doing it And in Black History Month, too. I love it. <laughs> See, my nominee is Fonnie Willis. Because, I mean, the fact that she even brought this case, that she got a grand jury to indict, so it's not like she's out there willy-nilly prosecuting. She brought forward a case to a grand jury. They decided to indict. But the fact that like so that she's a badass all on her own anyway with what she's accomplished so far with her career but the fact that she got up there on that witness stand in court i'm pissed that she even had to but she got up there and just flat out flat out told him no that's a lie and she had the documents in her hand saying here's the evidence that you're lying basically stop lying on me she was not having it She was not having it. And she wasn't even supposed to be there. Her attorney was up speaking. And Fawny walked right in halfway through what her attorney was saying, shocked the hell out of her attorney, and just got up and said, I'd like to speak on my own behalf and got up on that witness stand like, all right, let's go. Badass move. Hell yeah. So the nominees are for badass Usher Raymond, the fourth. Letitia James and Fonnie Willis. Great nominee. We did not make it easy for you for you guys mm. this week. <laughs> you, I wouldn't have to choose. I wouldn't want to have to choose between those three. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, well, well. What a what an episode. Another good one. Down on the books. Sorry, we missed y'all last week, but you know, we had Valentine's Day doing whatever we were doing and anniversaries and all that. Kind yes. Of stuff. Also, um, a belated happy anniversary to you, Sarah, and belated happy Thanks. birthday. Thanks. It was birthday girl week last week. It yes. Was. It was Aquarius season 47, <laughs> 40 freaking seven now. Don't believe Dear it. I need God. to see the ID. <laughs> Dear God. So on that note, because we don't want to talk about that, (laughs) on that note, (laughs) we are closing it out. Thank you so much 
for joining us for another episode of Unapologetically She. Make sure to check out all of our socials at The Joyful She on all the major platforms. And we will see y'all next week. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Unapologetically She. I'm Sarah. I'm Shante. I'm Eliane. You can find us on all social media platforms at the T-H-E-E Joyful She. And it's because of listeners like you that we are able to share our thoughts on current events. Please support us on Patreon at The Joyful She. We'll see you online.